Oh, here comes the Pittsburgh Steelers pick. Cue the Boo Birds. With the 24th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Najee Harris, running back, Alabama. Well, listen here. We've got to get one thing understood here tonight. This is still a country. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. <laughs> Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Thanks in for the touchdown. And there's the coup de grace. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. Welcome everybody to the audio edition here of the Mount Steel Podcast. And of course, here's truly Charles Bridge right now as we are recapping the 2021 NFL draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as the rest of the division in the AFC North right now as it stands. 2021 draft just wrapped up uh, this past Saturday on, on May 1st. And uh, here we are right now uh, looking at it. Uh, Steelers right now, I thought it was very tactical right there. First four picks on offense, then methodically their next four on defense. Trading with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, giving up a fourth-round pick for 2022 and next year's draft, move up to the number uh, round number five right there and uh, select, I believe it was inside linebacker, uh, Buddy Johnson. Let's take a look at that right now. As we look at it, I mean, for the Steelers in that regard, they move up to – I mean, excuse me, defensive end, excuse me, uh, at the uh, number 156 overall, defensive end, Isaiah Lallermilk out of Wisconsin. Another Wisconsin native to join uh, T.J. Watt and the uh, rest of the defense right here. Uh, very impressive right there. So the Steelers do end up getting nine picks uh, total. They had eight going into this year's draft, uh, so they got nine selections. And then they get their last selection on a punter. I'm not going to lie to you real real quickly. I know he was a real good punter right there, select seven-file pick, but a punter? I'm just saying right there. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It is a draft. I know the Steelers uh, and their coach, Mike Thomas, definitely expressed disappointment with the punt game many a times before, but I really believe that's something they could have got uh, in the offseason uh, for someone that's released at the end of the preseason or during training camp. I, I'm just not so sure – if, if I will select that. Don't get me wrong. I think overall, looking at this uh, draft, I definitely agree with many other people. And seeing it from my perspective, I definitely give this uh, draft an overall B-. And I'll get to that in just a second. And now I think uh, definitely one of the things uh, people are kind of split 50-50 on is why the Steelers do not go with an offensive tackle or center as opposed to a running back. Listen, I think he could have gone wrong either way. And I said that many times going into this. 
I definitely do feel like the running game uh, was due to get adjusted, especially when you look at the last putrid two years they had. And then James Carr, who was last on this team in 2018, he played most of the season until he had that concussion, missed a, a spot of games right there, and really only shown flashes, not enough consistency. And don't forget, I mean, remember when he signed with the Arizona Cardinals, I really felt it was inevitable that the Steelers were going to go running back with their first pick. I really felt the momentum, uh, like, definitely in their favor a lot more at that point, uh, despite the fact that saying uh, Kevin Colbert and them, they weren't going to do their uh, mock drafts until the day of, I think it was. But still, uh, Najee Harris, it was definitely the right move because at the end of the day, I mean, you got to think of it this way. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of good offense tackles uh, in this draft. Uh, maybe not so much centers. There's uh, definitely a few good ones here and there, too, especially in, like, uh, like no more than, like, third round, I would say. But still, when you look at it, uh, considering from this point of view right here, either way, no matter who you plug in, I mean, even if they would have gotten tackle first, you were still had to find your run game. Would you have been willing to roll the dice and having a guy like uh, – Najee Harris being snatched up by that point, or maybe a guy like uh, Travis Etienne. I mean, don't forget, I mean, when you look at this draft right here, I mean, when you look at everything that was going on, I mean, throughout this, Najee Harris, I mean, surprisingly, the first running back taken off the board, and you look at it right there, and that was one of the first thoughts that was sinking in later on that night after I saw it was they punted on Travis Etienne. They had him right there at their hands. But I, like I said, I feel since the 2021 college football, the 2020 college football playoffs that concluded this past year with Alabama eventually winning the national championship, we heard Najee Harris and the Steelers' names tied together for so long. And, I, and at some points, I, I definitely did feel like it was destiny for him to end up in the black and gold. Now, what, when you go further with this, too, I think one of the things that did kind of, like, alarm me a little bit was him uh, putting out there that he could do uh, some of the things that Le'Veon Bell uh, did before just as much, if not better. I like Najee Harris. Uh, I like his confidence. But at the same time, too, let's not start uh, writing some checks that you won't be able to cash in just yet. I definitely do feel like by him making those remarks, I hope he didn't draw too much of a target on him. I mean, for uh, teams to get ready to try and, like, uh, stop this guy. I mean, listen, I mean, we've been hearing a lot of comparisons, I mean, to the, the legendary Hall of Famer, Franco Harris. We even heard uh, comparisons of Matt Forte, uh, to, I mean, Derrick Henry, and, of course, uh, some facets of Le'Veon Bell. I mean, when you look at uh, Najee Harris's overall – production value. I mean, when you look at everything that he has been able to do, I mean, in his uh, college football, I mean, career. I mean, Harris right here, who comes out of Alabama right here, uh, two-time uh, national champion uh, with Nick Sabian right here, when you look at it. I mean, pretty much starting the last uh, three seasons, I mean, legitimately finishing up with 3,843 yards, 4,624 yards total in those uh, four seasons with, a, with a, let's see, uh, 57 touchdowns uh, combined in scrimmage. 
I mean, this guy right here, I mean, this guy was averaging 5.8 uh, yards on average. I mean, his highest was in the second season back in 2018. I keep in mind, they did lose in the championship game, I believe it was, to Clemson that year. But still, I mean, I think Harris, I mean, I think he's definitely going to be good as advertised. And I know there are some people, like, a little skeptic about drafting a first-round running back because, one, you're going to have to pick what eventually you're going to be – Pick up a fifth-year option. Some people felt like they could have waited. But at the same time, too, I look at it this way. I feel like right now this is something that has been old a long time. It's been a long time coming uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said, too, when you look at the other uh, thing that I mentioned last on last week's show, going into uh, this year's uh, draft right now, I mean, when you truly uh, think about it here, I mean, they have selected – Running backs is the third most in the first round in their entire history since 1969. I mean, when you had, like, your last three coaches. I mean, not the entire franchise history, but since that span. I mean, the mostly selected in the first round were linebackers at eight, uh, cornerbacks and wide receivers each at seven apiece taken in the first round. Now running backs, which makes it six. The last running back to be uh, taken in the first round was – 13 years ago, Rashard Mendenhall, who eventually did win a Super Bowl as a backup with the Steelers. And, of course, everyone remembers how good production-wise he was. A lot of people still, unfortunately, remember the fumble he had in the Super Bowl. But I still feel like he was definitely a real good uh, back for the Steelers at that time. He was definitely showing right there the follow-up uh, from Willie Parker and everything. And I really feel like he did a good job of the bridge that gap for a few years. I mean, still, I mean, even the year he was hurt in 2012, I mean, you had guys like uh, Jonathan Dwyer uh, come into that right there. And then the following year, you finally see, saw the Steelers catch uh, lightning in the bottle with Le'Veon Bell, what he was able to help contribute to the birth of the Killer Bees with Antonio Brown right there. And what we thought I mean, at the same time, too, listen, Art Rooney has been saying at the conclusion of the end-of-year press conference with the team that they have to improve the running game. So, I mean, needless to say, I, I think mission accomplished right there with the first pick. And I, I, I realize, I get it, a lot of people are saying, well, they could have chosen a tackle, they could have chosen a center, given the fact that Marquise Pounce is uh, retired. And I understand values on each of them. Maybe, a center, I mean, in football, as everyone knows, is like having a good catcher in baseball to compliment your pitcher. I mean, the guy who definitely call out a lot of key plays for your offense, pick up some key blocking assignments before the ball is snapped. And, I mean, pretty much, I mean, you're second in command next to the quarterback without the field of play. I totally understand that. And, I mean, then you look at the next pick uh, – by the Steelers. Uh, they still did not go tackle, but they got tight end. This was a long time coming. Over five years in the making, truthfully, right now. I mean, you think of like guys like Zach Gentry and previous other guys they've uh, tried taking in the past, but the, the tight end, too. I mean, when you really uh, think of it right now, uh, this was uh, something that needed to be uh, fixed and fixed badly. I mean, ever since Heath Miller has been gone, they have had nowhere 
the same value at that position and tight end. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, the last time when you had a good solid tight end, I mean, taken in the first round was 2005, which was Heath, by the way. I mean, then you look at the experiment they tried doing in 2016. I mean, they have one of their other uh, tight ends they try to uh, plug into that role. I mean, when you look at it, now I'm talking about none other uh, than the one guy. I cannot think of his name, but he was a former uh, charger on this team. And uh, he did not really uh, work out uh, well. And... I mean, he only played what barely like what like a few games. If he had some concussion issues in that year, uh, back in 2016, someone could just please help me with the name. I'm struggling to find out who it is, but still, I mean, that was a team right there. I mean, they they thought they had their man in there, and let's see who I'm trying to figure out right now. Well, Darius Green. There we go. Well, Darius Green. Well, Darius Green, who uh, came to the Steelers, I mean, that year in 2016, I mean, only played like a few games. Only think he had like one touchdown thrown to by Ben Roethlisberger right there. As we all know right there, I mean, in that span, he only played, let's see, I mean, with the Steelers, he only played six games. I mean, uh, beginning with the Dallas Cowboys and then ending – with the Cincinnati Bengals back in that same season. And, I mean, the thing is, too, I mean, when you also look at it right now, I mean, from a standpoint, I mean, when we think about everything right now, I mean, Ben Rosberg, I mean, he's had a lot of good success right now over his uh, tenure when you, when you look at And, uh, I mean, think about everything that has been going on, too. I mean, where everything that has been happening. I mean, Ben Rosberger, he has the most uh, career touchdown passes, the receivers, I mean, taken in the sixth round. I mean, basically. And that was uh, to guys like Ed. No, excuse me, third round picks, basically. I mean, which is 107. I mean, uh, as far as touchdown picks thrown to uh, people in the second round, he has 52 uh, career touchdowns, which is the third most. Uh, the second best is uh, six-round draft picks with 76 touchdowns. No, excuse me. Uh, second-round picks is usually fourth with 52. Number one uh, most career touchdowns has been thrown to third-round picks, which uh, 107. 74 thrown the first-round draft picks. Uh, seven. No, excuse me, 107 from the round three draft picks. Second will be six-round draft picks at 76. Third to first-round picks at 74. And then he also had uh, fourth with uh, second-round draft picks at 52. So, Pat Fryer move. I'm really excited to see what this guy can do real quick. I mean, this guy right here, I think it's definitely going to be exciting. The guy who's coming out of Penn State, I mean, he's the guy who has the nickname uh, labeled on him, Baby Grok. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to go uh, that with him. But when you look at his production value that he's did in Penn State, I mean, over that time, who's uh, played a career number of games, 29 games with them in three seasons. He has 16 touchdowns, uh, eight 
career high back in his freshman season back in 2018 where he had eight. Uh, he caught for 368 yards that year. His highest in yards was his recept reception yards was in 2019, 507 yards, averaging 11.8 yards per average. His career high average was 14.2 in 2018. And uh, this guy right here, I think he's definitely he's got some good size right here. He's uh, six foot five, and he's also got a nice uh, solid grade of six point three zero right there, which is good enough right here according to uh, the NFL uh, combine grade. Even though they did not have a combine grades, I mean they invited some people to it or to their pro days. That grade right there should become instant uh, starter right there. That, that's those type of guys I think I like to pay attention on, especially with your first couple of picks in this draft here. I mean, and everything that they've been able to do right now, I mean, Pat Fryer move, I think is going to be real good. Then your third pick, they had a guard right there, Kedrick Green, who could definitely play center, drafted out of Illinois, uh, 6.18. Same thing, just like Pat Fryer move right here. Uh, should become instant starter right here. Uh, so that, that was good to see him get that in there with their third pick right there. Now you got a center you can slot in, despite the fact he was technically listed as a guard. Then your fourth pick at 128th, uh, they finally taken a tackle. Now some may question why was this taken a little bit later. I mean, listen, I, I thought it was very well uh, plotted. I mean, still, they got some nice pieces right here. Uh, Dan Moore Jr. of Texas A&M, 5.86. Chance to become a starter right here. I mean, still, I mean, the, the only question is right now, and I was listening to uh, Ron Cook uh, say this with earlier on the Cook and Joe's show. I mean, Zach Tanner, despite the fact he's got about a two-year contract, uh, $3.25 million in guarantees, we're not so sure if he's going to be able to stay healthy in the long haul. Listen, he had torn ACL in the first game of the season against the Giants, a guy who did work his butt off all last preseason challenging uh, troops, a core four. And I believe uh, right now Mike Collins did mention he's going to have a core four in, I think, at left or right tackle, I want to say. I mean, when you think about it. And uh, when we also look at two right now, I mean, Banner is still a question mark. I like his attitude. I like his intensity. I like his worth ethic. But is he going to be a guy that could prove to stay healthy in the long haul? Is that something we're going to have to be holding our breath on? That is he not going to be available on a weekly basis? I like his attitude. But again, I mean, this is why he had to stock up and fill in some death needs like Brian Diardo, who I've had many a times on the show, who writes for uh, CBS Sports, NFL Insider. I mean, filling off some depth needs. I mean, this is a good solid uh, piece right here. I mean, to have uh, backing up right now. And Alejandro Villanueva right now. I mean, he's another guy who's supposed to be rumored to be going to the Ravens, which is anticipated. And i uh, really like to see what happens here. I mean, he's, he's expected to sign with them. I mean, the last we heard, which was over a week ago. I mean, visiting the Ravens. I mean, we have no idea if he's going to come back, but still, nonetheless, at the end of the day, they got tough. They're loaded either way. So I think they really did plug in some good uh, insurance right here, I mean, for this team. And 
that's all you can ask for. I mean, we know the Steelers are not always going to be the biggest spares of free agency or making uh, too many trades. But at the same time, too, this is their MO. They build through the draft, which has been no secret. And uh, they've been trying to keep that same formula going ever since they had their uh, fortunes changed since 1969. I mean, prior to those years, I mean, a lot of times they had a history of trading away uh, draft capital, which set the franchise back. This would be once upon a time when they were losing uh, franchise right here. So you look at the depth chart on the on the tackle here. So like I said, Villanueva, not sure if he's going to come back or not. He's probably pretty much gone at this point, but we shall see. You got Chooks Corfor, who's supposed to be sliding in that left tackle. I mean, and then you still also, too, on the right tackle, you, you also got right now, I mean, with this uh, draft pick right here, and uh, Dan Moore Jr., uh, see if he could put some competition on Zach Banner right here. And then also, too, you'll also look at the rest of the offensive line. I mean, you got uh, Kevin Dotson right here, who I thought did a real good year in his uh, rookie season, uh, being aggressive. And then you got David DeCastro once again, multiple Pro Bowl uh, producer and uh, all pro a few times. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I like the improvement of this offensive line right now, the tweaks they made. The only question is right now, now you draft these guys, will we see that attitude return? We're going to bring back that toughness and accountability in that area. I mean, that's one thing that remains to be seen right now as we uh, try and move forward and dissect the thing a little bit further. Once again, if you guys want to follow me on social media, you could definitely follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Pride Richie. For the Men's Steel podcast on Twitter, it is at Men's Steel CGR. And on Instagram, at Men's Steel Nation. So once again, the first four uh, picks in this draft, just to recap, uh, no secret with the first run, running back Najee Harris of Alabama. I do believe they got their man right there with that first one. Uh, second one, they go with tight end. Pat Fryermuth of uh, Penn State uh, at 55th. Third round at 87th, they go with uh, center and guard, uh, Kendrick Green out of Illinois and tackle at 128th with the first of their four round picks, Dan Moore Jr. out of Texas A&M. Now, the next four picks on defense. This is what I like right here. Uh, the first one they have was at 104th, inside linebacker Buddy Johnson out of Texas A&M. I mean, this is one guy that uh, Jay Osofsky, uh really uh, liked right here. As uh, we look at it, I mean, for that time. And I, you know, Jerry Olsofsky, I met him one time. It was definitely fun to see him at the Combine uh, two years ago in Indianapolis right here uh, when I got to see him. I got to take a, a little picture with him. And, uh, I mean, definitely a guy right here who uh, brings some attitude right now. And uh, he, sa he says right here, and quote, the reason you get a guy like Buddy is because things like last year happened. Uh, I mean, we went through six inside linebackers. Now you don't expect that to happen. It's still the pandemic. But Vince, I lost with the pandemic. Robert went down, things like that. It's a tough game inside, and you can't have enough good players right there. And I think that is very true. I mean, I mean, Robert Splane, too, who did a real good job filling in 
uh, for Devin Bush until he got hurt. I think he got hurt around the Ravens game, if I'm not mistaken. But still, I mean, I mean, I'm glad they're still matching down those areas right there. I mean, I mean, look the priority they did the set. They knew they had to go offense. They knew they had to get I mean, a running game. They knew they had to get protection, which I think they've been doing. Something to help open up the run game to a lot more higher level. And I think they're definitely going in a whale of a direction in that regard, but also being smart enough not to fall asleep at the wheel. I mean, anytime you have someone go down, next man up, who do you got? I think they definitely got some very good guys uh, to uh, fill in that's very capable. Now let's go into the next one right here. Uh, defensive end Isaiah Lowermilk right here out of Wisconsin. As uh, we look at, I mean, the Steelers are getting a – they got a fifth-round pick uh, from the Eagles, according to Dale Lyle here before this, uh, the day of the draft on Saturday uh, when they uh, made this deal. They gave a fourth-round pick to uh, draft uh, Lowermilk. According to Lally, he's six foot six, two hundred seventy-four pounds. He may have to put on weight to put to play end or drop to play edge. And uh, Tom went on Lower Milk. There's a scarcity when you talk about his size. Also valuable to us is the fact that he's played a defense similar to ours. And Cobra would also say too, we're pretty sure we'll have some kind of compensatory pick in that fourth round range. We wanted to get into that fifth round range this year, especially when a player like Lower Milk was available. I mean, and that, that, that was very smart right there. So you add one more uh, draft pick right there. Once again, they they have uh, nine altogether as opposed to eight that they and then and then they're initially with. I mean, the Steelers are and uh, just once again. I mean, you you wonder why how important it is to keep a guy like Kevin Colbert around. Uh, thankfully, to have him year to year with the Steelers. A guy, uh, thank God he did not go to the Lions. I'm just going to say that right now. Did not. I'm sure a lot of people with Steeler Nation and within the organization did want to know what that life would have been just yet without, I mean, Kevin Colbert. I mean, if he will have left this team. I mean, can you imagine Omar Khan or uh, Emery Hunt? I'm not saying those guys won't be ready, but I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm not so sure if I'm ready to transition uh, – just yet and see how they would do it because Colbert has put a Hall of Fame resume I mean, with this team. And I expect a guy like Kevin Colbert to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame at some point for his contributions that he's been able to do. I mean, three Super Bowl appearances, winning two of them. I mean, and only having, what was it, one losing season as GM in 2003. I mean, and you're getting ready to go into your 22nd uh, season here. Think about that. 21 seasons where he had, had not had a losing record. Now, remember, this year, I mean, it's going to be win or lose. I mean, so they're either going to have a losing record or they're going to have a winning record. I definitely feel comfortable in saying they'll have a winning record with that 17-game schedule this season. I, I just don't see how they fall behind that mark. Uh, let's do a significant injuries right there, just some sloppy play calling. I mean, throughout the season, the stuff they could do, self-inflicting wounds. I don't expect that to happen. But, again, 60-minute, week-to-week game, stole in COVID. I mean, fans coming back right now. It's another thing right now. How are they going to be able to welcome their fans back? 
I will say this before I move on a little bit further. Uh, and before being in Cleveland, I must say, I mean, for Browns fans, I mean, or just the NFL fans in general, I don't know about you, but definitely got chills up and down my uh, back when I heard uh, Jim Brown being the voiceover for their intro. And they had like a, a YouTube uh, playing in the beginning. Uh, I, I, I thought that was a beautiful opening right there. I mean, well done right there. And I mean, you saw how, like, uh, how beautiful it was to see the fans back. I still loved it last year just as much when it was a virtual draft. I mean, we didn't necessarily, in my opinion, I don't think you need to have like fans in person. I mean, players in person necessarily, but either way it worked. You saw how good it was. Just have a little concert there for people to relax and enjoy. Uh, people were definitely relieved. And so was the NFL to have the in-person experience back. I mean, just people going up on stage. I mean, as always, I mean, with the commissioner, I thought one of the things that got a kick out too during the draft too, I, I I'm surprised it hasn't been trending much. I think a chance to look at I'm sure it was, but the Macho Man Randy Savage uh, dress up right there. I thought that was so cool right there. And of course, I, I know he's supporting the Browns right there, but at the end of the day, I mean, since they got the nickname Savages right there, I mean, more particularly the Baker Mayfield, I just thought that was so cool right there. Just see something uh, special like that. I mean, him holding up the championship belt, but still, I mean, this is a draft that was well done, and just glad to see it. Uh, things back to normal in a way. Let's go ahead and get on to a little bit more, uh, guys, real quick here. Uh, Quincy Roach here, edge rusher out of the University of Miami. Another guy should become a starter here. But, I mean, this is a guy right here. I mean, when you look at it right now, uh, Quincy Roach right now, who uh, plays the edge right now, uh, this guy right here, he's uh, played all four seasons at Temple and Miami. He has three and a half uh, sacks along with eight uh, takeaways right there, too. I mean, he's been able to produce here, I mean, for his team. And I, I tell you what, I mean, when you think of a guy like that, I mean, remember Jack Cam, uh, all-time great outside linebacker. I mean, one of the things that he's number one recognized for, he has the most uh, career takeaways as a non-defensive back in the history of this league right here. And anytime you can have a linebacker that could play, that could take away the ball. I mean, he hasn't had interceptions, but he's, he's had eight fumble recoveries in four seasons. Uh, with a career-high three being his final season right there, I mean, still, I mean, you look at this guy right here. I mean, this guy could be another uh, rotational uh, linebacker in their water sub packages right here. 30 and a half sacks in four years. 13 uh, was his career high in his third season here. I mean, when you really break this down, uh, this is a guy who I really like right here for this team. And I, and I really cannot wait to see how they uh, plug this guy in because I tell you what, I mean, right now, Alex Highsmith, who's done well uh, filling in the void of Bud Dupree, but, I mean, still, I mean, you got competition right here. And you look at uh, Quincy Roach right now, I mean, uh, with their 216th uh, selection, which they uh, got, let's see, 
216 selection in the sixth round. I mean, uh, pretty darn, pretty damn good right here. And you look at it right here. His reputation is as a skilled pass rusher and his projected draft value. Flexible uh, Quincy uh, Roach. I have uh, one guy here from behind the steel curtain giving him a B, and this is according to uh, Sham White right here, who's written an article. He was a dominant defender for his three seasons, playing for the Temple Owls before transferring to Miami for his final season. So, I mean, he did, like, most of his damage, I mean, with uh, Temple, basically, when you look at everything. But still, I mean, his takeaways for the ball, he has career-high in fumble recoveries with my, with the Hurricanes with three. And uh, they also said, too, that he, he surprised playing scouts as pro day by running a 4.62 40 with a 32-inch vertical. He also posted 23 reps on the best press. Uh, many scouts looked at him as a highly disruptive overachiever, gaining every ounce of production out of his limited athleticism through superior effort and having football savvy. So that goes to show you what kind of guy he is. Uh, personally, I love it, man. I mean, this draft, I mean, you couldn't go any, I mean, you couldn't have gone wrong. I'm still leaning towards B minus, and I'll get to that in just a second. I mean, this guy right here, I mean, I think I'd have to give this one a B minus grade. But still, I mean, you look at it right there. Uh, from there, they go with quarterback, Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood, here's another guy right here who's got drafted in the seventh round with the first of their uh, two seventh-round picks, 245th, coming out of Oklahoma, Big 12 Conference right here. This guy has had uh, six total interceptions in all three seasons. He had a career high with five picks in this final uh, season at Oklahoma. I mean, six, uh, I mean, five for uh, return for 98 yards, which included also a pick six in that year. I mean, and this is an R guy right here. He's got a grade of 5.60. Chance to become an NFL starter, just like uh, Roast. And we'll, we'll see what he's able to cable do. I mean, this guy right here, I think uh, Mike Tom referred to this guy as a Swiss army knife. Cannot wait to see how he does right here. And then last, but, and then you also got, uh, yeah, so I was going over Trey Nora right there of Oklahoma. And then we also ended up with Presley Harvin the third out of Georgia Tech, 5.62 uh, punter right there. And listen, I was just – that was the only one that just kind of left me scratching my head a little bit. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it was the last pick. What are you going to do? But I'm just not so sure. I'm sure I'm not the only one saying a uh, punter right here uh, being drafted on this guy. I mean, they got him with the 254th election. I mean, I'm sure many people were definitely uh, surprised, but – uh, but based on uh, many of the Steelers' immediate need, they gave that initial draft grade an A. Uh, he instantly became a fan favorite the moment his selection was announced. People always believe the backup quarterback is quarterback to a struggling star is the most popular guy in town, but that is not entirely true. A young, talented playing prospect ready to challenge a longtime incumbent might just prove to be the exception to the role. Uh, Harvin is intriguing. He is a wide body punter with a huge leg. He stands 5'11 and weighs in at 262, uh, 263 pounds. 
He was an all ACC as a senior after averaging 48 yards per punt with a 44.8 net average. Unanimous first team AP All-American won the Ray Guy Award as nation's best punter. So pretty darn good one, but still punter. I, I would probably got so on the offseason with that is just my opinion. I'm not going to go any further uh, than that. So those are your nine picks right there. Now let's take a look at the rest of the AFC uh, North Division right here. You got like the Ravens right here, the Browns and the Bengals right there. I, I got to personally tell you right now, I think uh, between the remaining three, I probably have to go with right now the Browns for right now. Only reason when you look at everything they've been able to do right here, I mean, this team right here has had eight picks. They have five of their picks on defense. I mean, look at quarterback Craig Newsom out of Northwestern. Uh, guy should become an instant starter here. You also got a uh, linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa out of Notre Dame. Uh, defensive tackle, uh, Tommy T out of OSU. Linebacker, Tony Fields, the second out of West Virginia. Last but not least, Richard LeCount, the third out of Georgia right here. I mean, some real damn good guys right here and not like that the one thing i i will continue to say right now i mean when you look at I me mean, they try to be more aggressive try to put more pressure on this offense including which may prove to be ben rosberg's final season right here i mean when you got a future hall of famer i would expect to be in camp by the time his career is over with miles garrett and you look at the pieces they already got on there i mean still i mean this Browns team is coming with a nastiness we have not seen in a long time. And good for them I mean, at the end of the day. I mean, listen, they earned that respect by being the Steelers in the playoffs, but we shall see how transits moving forward. If I had this pick someone to like not win the division besides the Steelers, I would still go to the Baltimore Ravens. I still feel like John Harbaugh is more tactical, smart coach. If it's not the Steelers in the end, I just feel like uh, he's definitely a lot more uh, – gets his team more patient, more mature, and does not screw around when it comes to, like, uh, closing the deal on things. And I, I just feel like John Harbaugh, he, he knows some good trickery. You also look at, too, like the Ravens, what they've been able to do. I mean, you got Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota right here. Uh, interesting to see how he'll be able to use in the past game with Lamar Jackson, see how he continues to uh, develop in the pocket. I mean, there were some rumors right there, too, by Bucky Brooks, uh, who's a draft analyst for NFL Network. He was suggesting, I think it was a quarterback, if he was available, I believe it was Justin Fields, who I say, that if he would have dropped low enough in the first round, the Ravens should have grabbed him, uh, held off on extending Lamar Jackson, just and then just uh, sign, have Justin Fields succeed Lamar Jackson right there, which I would have thought would have been interesting in itself. I mean, the Ravens, too. They also got uh, Ezra Rusher, too. Jason O.A. out uh, Penn State. Uh, ben Cleveland out uh, Georgia. Cornerback Brandon Stevens out uh, Southern Methodist right there. Uh, good cornerback, Jeff, right there. He also got Tylen Wallace, wide receiver out uh, of Oklahoma State. Cornerback Sean Wade out uh, of Ohio State. Uh, Dan Hayes, uh, edge rusher of Notre Dame right there. A guy who developed a chance to become a star right there. And fullback Ben Mason of Michigan, very well done right there by the Ravens. I mean, no surprise there. I, I probably have to still give the Ravens a similar grade to the Steelers. I'll probably give them a B-. I give, like, uh, the Browns grade 
I mean, this one right here, I'd have to give them an A+. Plus. I mean, they've been aggressive with this. I mean, they got eight picks. I mean, feeling the emotions of their hometown right there, hosting this draft event. I mean, this is a team who really stocked up heavy on defense right there. I'm going to tell you right now, the Steelers need to look out when they play this team. Then you also look at, too, I mean, the Bengals right now. I mean, right now, they had uh, a total of uh, 10 picks, six of them on offense right there. We see a lot of quarterback and wide receiver unions uh, from their playing days. Here. I mean, pretty much for the theme of the first round, especially – so now you get Joe Burrow. He gets a chance to reunite with his receiver at LSU and Jamar Chase right there, a damn good receiver at LSU right there, trying to develop that chemistry uh, into the NFL with the Bengals right there. Uh, got a guard in Jackson uh, Carmen at Clemson, 6.22. Very smart move right there. I mean, you don't want to see your uh, number one draft pick from a season before get hurt and lost for the season like they did a year ago when he was playing against the Steelers right there. I mean – I mean, that's very smart of the Bengals right there to get some uh, protection. Got edge right there in Joseph Osile, Texas, I like right there. Uh, and also another edge wrestler of uh, Tulane, uh, Cameron Sample. Defense tackle, Tyler uh, Shelvin out of LSU. Tackle Deontay Smith out of East Carolina. Uh, Evan McPherson out of Florida. Trey Hill Center. Running back Chris Evans. Uh, Wyatt Hubert. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, if I had to, like, uh, rank this draft right now, I'm going to still get – I'm going to give it to the Ravens. No, I'm going to give it to the Browns, the Ravens, Steelers, and the Bengals, to be honest with you. I'd probably give the Steelers the third best uh, draft selections within the division, to be honest with you. I think the Steelers do a whale of a job, I mean, covering all their needs. But as far as being more aggressive, I had to say the Browns were the more aggressive uh, – team, I mean, win the division that stood out, unfortunately. But like I said, I mean, Steelers, hell of a job, job well done for this one. And we'll see what it translates into right now. Also following the draft, too, they were able to sign about uh, eight, uh, uh, eight players of future uh, contracts, too, by the way. And uh, the Steelers, uh, undrafted free agents, they, they were able to sign a future deals you got quarterback Shakur, Shakur uh, Brown out of Michigan State, uh, real good grade, 6.23. Uh, should become a star right here. Linebacker Kelvin Bundage out of Oklahoma State. Wide receiver Rico Bussey out of Hawaii. Quarterback Mark Gilbert out of Duke. Uh, wide receiver Isaiah McCoy out of Kent State. And they got a pair of safeties right here. Donovan uh, Stinner out of Florida. And Lamont Wade out of Penn State. And Jamar uh, Watson out of Kentucky right here. I'll just give you a quick rundown on the tail of the tapes uh, right here. Uh, Brown, he left school after his retro junior season as protected by subject analysts as a fourth or fifth round pick. Here at All-American Irons from the Walter Camp Foundation, second team and pro football focus third team. That was the first time, first team all Big Ten selection by the coaches of pro football focus. He also got linebacker Bondage, who played in all 11 games 2020, leading the Cowboys with seven sacks, six quarterback hurries, quarter 19 tackles, including sack safety against Texas Tech. He was named honorable mention to all Big 12 by the coaches and the university. He also got uh, Rico Bussey of Hawaii right here. Started all eight games 2020, finished third on the team receptions, 
with 31 and had 274 yards receiving, caught at least one pass in seven game. I mean, 128 receptions for 1,140 1, yards and 21 touchdowns for the Mean Green. His 21 receiving touchdowns ranked fourth in school history. He also had Duke cornerback Mark Gilbert played in 29 games, throwing 20 while recording 65 tackles, including five for a loss. Then Kent State wide receiver Isaiah McCoy. Named third team All Mac, topped 100 yards three times. He also got safety Donovan Steiner. Uh, finished his career playing in 48 games, recording 150 tackles with three interceptions. Safety Lamont Williams from Clarendon, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh, playing 47 career games for the Nittany Lions, starting 22. Uh, he had uh, recorded 37 tackles, 18 of them solo stops, two fumble recoveries, and interception, two passes defended. And last but not least, you got Kentucky linebacker Jamar Watson finished his college playing his college career playing in 49 career games with 49 starts, including 19 starts in a row. He had 107 career tackles, 28 and a half tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks, which ranks fifth in school history. So uh, there you have it, right there. I mean, uh, just an amazing one. And also, too, there was news to me too. The Steelers uh, today have signed. Quarterback DeMarcus, DeMarcus AC to a one-year contract. He went undrafted with the 49ers last season and was released uh, prior to the 53-man roster cut to the start of the regular season. Uh, he ended up spending most of the season with the Seattle Seahawks practice squad. Uh, he played at Missouri starting 36 out of 47 games where he recorded 99 tackles, 23 passes pass defended, three interceptions, a forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Team is also with tight end Charles Jones and Palmer Corliss Whiteman. So uh, there you have it for this edition right here. Uh, let me know what you guys feel of the draft file thoughts. Uh, what, where would you agree this one? Like I said, I got a B minus. Like to hear from you. Feel free to leave me a comment on my Facebook page at Steel Nation, which is the Steel uh, Podcast. Once again, you guys can follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Project Richie. For the Mount Steel Podcast on Twitter it is at Mount Steel Cigar and on Instagram at Mount Steel Nation. So I leave you, don't be trolling, be rolling, I gone. <laughs>